Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 46 of the Building Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Theo Lim, coming at you on this beautiful Thursday afternoon, just leaving my detox performance on the way back to the hood around Dufferin and DuPont in Toronto. Going gym to gym again, as usual. Probably stop for some coffee in between. Anyway, hope you guys are having a great day. Hope you're having a great week as well. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. In this podcast, we talk about anything and everything related to building strength inside the gym and outside of the gym as well. So hope you guys enjoyed the last couple episodes. It's been fun. It's been fun to close out the year strong. This is episode 46. We're going for 52 this year. We might end up doing more than 52. So if anyone has any topic suggestions or any feedback about any of this, please, please, please. I highly appreciate any feedback you can give me as this is my first year podcasting and I really just appreciate as I said any feedback whether topic suggestions episode you really enjoyed episodes you didn't enjoy too much and what you'd like really what you'd like to hear on this podcast or what you've enjoyed hearing on this podcast so I can do more of those so it's closing we're closing in on the end of the year and I've started to plan the podcasting for next year. And I think I'm going to invest in another microphone and a an actual recorder. And I will I believe next year I'm going to do a lot more collaborations. I'm going to aim for doing a collaboration weekly, but it's it's pretty early to tell yet just some things I've been thinking about. So anyway, this week's podcast, I'm going to talk about a couple of my recent fuck-ups, because I think it's always fun to share those, because sometimes from the outside looking in, it seems like, or I even hear this a lot, oh, you're always so busy, you're always doing stuff, how do you do all that in one day? Uh, Guys, chill. I don't, like... I could always work harder. I think all of us could. We could always do more, right? So I think people just see that from like my Instagram posts, my Instagram stories. And I was actually doing the math yesterday on the Instagram stories. Because it seems like other people are doing really cool things or a lot of things, right? But you gotta you gotta put it into perspective. So say I post 10 stories a day just a nice even number for our purposes Instagram stories are 15 seconds only so if I post 10 times a day which is a good amount for Instagram stories that's 150 seconds of my day that's like two and a half minutes out of I think it's like 1400 something minutes so when people are posting stuff Like, it's not all they do in the whole day. 
you know? So when I'm posting stuff and, like, I'm showing, oh, yeah, here I am programming or here I am doing my pull-ups, here I am training people, like, that's not my whole day. I do, like, I'm very aware that I could do a lot more in a single day. Like, that's definitely something I'm working on by building the habits. That's why I talk about building habits so much, just building the daily routine. Because I'm painfully aware that I could do a lot more every single day. I'm very aware of that. So, I don't even know where how I started talking about this. Off to a great start. Oh yes, yeah, so I want to talk about my recent fuck-ups. So, fuck up number one. I just, I like to share this stuff. Yes, this is where, this is where I started. I like to share this stuff because it just shows you that I'm not this, like, perfect person who's, like, 100% on it every time. Like, I'm far from that. Very far from that. So, that's why I was talking about the Instagram stories. They're just highlights. They're just very small tidbits of the whole day. So, recent fuck-ups. This morning, I fucked up. So, I run 6.30 a.m. sessions, and I did not wake up for my 6.30 a.m. session today. It doesn't happen often. It's not the first time, and I hate when it happens. It's really something, like, I hate doing. So, my client was still able to go into the gym and get some work in, which I'm happy for, because sometimes they're just... if no one's at the gym, then they can't even get in. So that was my fuck up of the day. That, I really don't enjoy doing that. So that was my first fuck up of the day. The second fuck up that I wanted to share is, if you guys follow me on Instagram, I posted the phone case that I bought. So I got a new phone, I got the Google Pixel 3, which is pretty freaking awesome. And I bought an OtterBox, and I wanted something cool, and there's like a colorful one, it's called, it was like a gradient, like it started from purple at the bottom, and on the site it was dark purple, I'm telling you guys, I keep showing people the pictures, but they say that it looks exactly the same as in person, but I don't think so. Anyway, it looked a lot darker on the website, I got it, it's very sparkly, it's very pink, I'm rocking it right now, but I'm waiting. I ordered another one. I ordered a clear one, so I'm waiting for that, and then I'll return this one that I have. But currently, I am rocking a pink, glittery case on my phone. And everyone keeps asking me, is that your phone? Whose phone is that? And I keep like trying to hold my phone down so, that's it, so that it's like parallel to the ground so people won't see my case, but it's not working out too well. It's too glittery, it's too pink. Anyway, so I wanted to share that with you just because I like sharing those things with you guys. I think it's, um, I especially like this podcast because it, it's a longer format and I think you guys get to know me a lot better. I'm able to communicate a lot more on the podcast versus say Instagram or Facebook. Even a couple yesterday, I was trying to make like a, I was trying to make an Instagram post but because it was only one minute, like, I couldn't fit in what I wanted to say in a one minute. So I kind of gave up on that. 
might try again today. So, let's get to it. I put up a podcast Q&A on Instagram. I got some really good questions. So, we're going to dive into those. So, I want to talk about today, we're just going to dive deep into one question, actually. The Smith machine versus free weights. What are the differences? What's better? What's worse? What's up with the Smith machine? Because I'm sure, as you guys know, if you've been to gyms, a lot of commercial gyms have a Smith machine or multiple Smith machines. Sometimes it's your only option. Sometimes there is no power rack. So, first and foremost, five years ago, I would have said I would have been strongly against the Smith machine. I would have sworn at it. I would have, like, I would have dismissed it. But I was a lot dumber five years ago than I am now. So today, 2018, if someone asked me what's better, Smith machine or free weights? I reluctantly will say both are great. Both are great. It really depends what you're going to use it for. So a couple things off the bat. If the Smith machine is your only option, there's no power rack. Yeah, I would use it a little bit, but not for everything. And I'll, I'll explain why. So the Smith machine is great. It's a great piece of equipment. Because, I mean, it's really hard to talk up the Smith machine. So the main difference between Smith machines and free weights, barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, is that with the Smith machine, you're locked into a straight line, right? The bar doesn't move. The bar doesn't stray away from the fixed line it's in, which can be good, can be bad. So with with that in mind, the main difference is that you don't have to stabilize as much when you use the Smith machine because it is in a fixed line. So you don't have to worry about like the bar swaying to one side. You don't have to worry about the bar like tilting your tilting your or shifting your body weight back. Kind of if you imagine with like a barbell on your back. Sometimes like if you don't uh, have the proper lean forward lean, you might like feel like you're going to fall backwards, right? So main difference is that that the free weights you have to stabilize with the Smith machine you don't have to stabilize as much which is fine again before I would have said oh because you can't stabilize it's crap like don't waste your time don't bother which I still kind of do say but it's under different circumstances so I actually think the Smith machine is quite an advanced piece of equipment let me explain I think that because with the Smith machine, because you're fixed in a straight line, if you don't actually know where to put your body, if you don't know how to position yourself, and this is kind of the same with all machines, I find if you don't know how to position yourself so you can get the most out of the machine, Because say you want to squat, you have to set yourself up in like the best possible position so you can feel, feel it where you want to feel it. Or say you want to bench press with a Smith machine. Like I find 
that's super tricky because you have to have the awareness to know where your body should be and where you should be feeling it in your body while you do the exercise. So I actually do think the Smith machine is quite advanced because of that. Like I find free weights, there's a little more leeway because you're not stuck in a certain position, right? So there's a little more leeway. I mean, you can still fuck up, don't get me wrong. But I find that if you, if someone learned how to use free weights and how to execute those barbell lifts and they really get consistent with technique, they know where to put everything, they know what they should be feeling, then I find those people have a better, they'll be able to use the Smith machine a little more effectively because they'll know what to look for. But I find that if you don't really know what to look for, if you don't know what it feels like or what it's supposed to feel like, the Smith machine is gonna fuck you up because it's gonna force you into certain positions, whether they're good or bad positions. So I actually, I never thought about it like that in the past. I just said, oh, Smith machine's crap, don't use it. But now I have clients who, so unfortunately, like their gym doesn't have a rack. So they are stuck with either dumbbells or Smith machine. In that case, if you're still a beginner and you can get away with the dumbbells, even if you're not a beginner, even if the dumbbells go up to 70, shit, you can get a lot done with 70 pound dumbbells. So you don't actually need to touch the Smith machine. But in this episode, I want to talk about what exercises I think are good for the Smith machine or like it's a good replacement for free weights if you really want to use the Smith machine. So main differences, you don't have to stabilize as much when you use the Smith, but I do think it is harder. Like you have to know where to put your, you put your body, where to put your hands, your elbows, your back, your hips. Where to put all that so that you can actually get a get some training effect out of the Smith machine. So let me talk about some exercises that I think are good with a Smith. I think doing barbell front squats, like doing front squats on the Smith machine, is a good option. Because with the front squat, it's a little easier to situate yourself so that you're just going straight up and down. So I find that's like super, super accessible in comparison to trying to do back squats on the Smith machine. I don't think back squats are the greatest on the Smith machine, just because, yes, ideally the bar should move straight up and down when you do back squats. But because of certain mobility restrictions, or just even trying to figure out where to put everything, trying to do a back squat on a Smith machine, I find that it's super difficult. So if you're if you really want to squat with a Smith machine, I would go I would go Smith machine front squats. 100%. And even before that, again, if you have 70 pound dumbbells, I would probably unless like they're super light for you, I would prefer seeing someone goblet squat. 70 pounds for more reps rather than doing smith machine squats or even front squats but again i think smith front squats are good i think it's doable other movements that i think are nice on the smith are things like split squats like rear foot elevated split squats you're either you can either put the bar on your back or your front here 
but I find because you're just going straight up and down, it's not as complex as, say, or as, like, demanding as a barbell squat. Not physically demanding, because they're both hard, but, like, psychologically, you gotta set it up. Anyway, I just think that back, the barbell back squat is tough on the Smith. So, rear foot elevated split squats are great. I think even just split squats, having your feet on the ground, kind of like you're lunging, but you're not going to step back and forth. So I think those are great too, because again, you're just going straight up and down. I'm talking about lower body exercises here. I think hip thrust are great on the Smith machine as well. Here's where it gets a bit dicey. I don't really like seeing people deadlift from the ground or from the lowest setting on the Smith machine. I think it's the same thing with the barbell back squat where it's a little too complex to, I, I just don't think it's worth it. Like you always have to think about the risk to reward ratio. And I just don't think the reward to do it is, I just don't think it's worth it. But now here, so I said deadlifting off the ground. I do think barbell Romanian deadlifts, the stiff leg variation, the top down approach, I think that's doable on the Smith. But again, only if someone is actually competent with the barbell. Because again, you need to know where everything needs to be positioned. You need to know where you're supposed to feel it. So I think barbell Romanian deadlifts are doable. I don't really, I'm not a fan of the barbell deadlift from the ground on the Smith machine. It doesn't seem worth it. And again, if they're a set of dumbbells, shit, just do 70 pounds in each hand, Romanian deadlift, that's pretty heavy for that. Or, as always, you can just make things harder by doing single leg variations. So single leg deadlift with the dumbbells, or sorry, single leg Romanian deadlift with the dumbbells. And then there's the, there's the question of the upper body. I think it's the same thing. I really do, like, I like the Smith machine. I see its purpose. It makes sense. Because say you're trying to do straight hypertrophy. Like, you just want to build big legs. Or you want to build, like, a big upper body. Whatever, whatever body part you're thinking about, right? Because it's not as demanding, because you don't have to stabilize, you don't have to worry about all that, you can just load it up, find the best position possible, and just put in work. Like, just fuck it up. In a good way. So that's, I think, one great benefit of the Smith. I think... Upper body, it's okay. Again, I'm not a big fan, like... If you have dumbbells, I prefer seeing people with dumbbells. I prefer seeing people crush some bodyweight work, kettlebells, rather than opting for the Smith. Just one man's humble opinion, though. So, with that, the Smith machine versus free weights, I think they're both great. I like them both. I There is a purpose to all pieces of equipment. There is a purpose to all styles of training. They're all good. It just depends on what you're trying to do. 
Like, you have to ask yourself, why do I want to squat on the Smith machine? Why do you want to do that? Is it because you want to squat? Is it because you want to build up your lower body? Is it because you want to get bigger legs, bigger glutes? Like, what is it? Because whether you want to build more muscle, whether you want to get better at squatting, I think there are better options for that. So you always just have to critique, like, basically when you look at an exercise in a program or in a training session, like, why are we doing that? There should be a very distinct reason. Like, I should, if someone looked at my programs, I should be able to tell them exactly why we're doing that. Like, why are we doing this variation? Why aren't we doing that one? Etc. So, in terms of Smith machines and free weights, again, both are great. I do think the Smith machines are a little trickier, so you do have to be a little more aware of what's going on there. But you guys are smart. Definitely believe in you guys there. So if you use the Smith machine, use it with caution. Be safe. As always, be safe. So, my other question was strength training, programming, and progressions. It wasn't really a question. I kind of put out like, oh, suggest some topics on what you want me to talk about. And Brian, he, he put in strength training programs and progressions. I think I kind of know, I know what you mean. So in terms of strength training program, programming, it really, the type of program depends on how many days you're realistically able to train and what are your goals. Because you can do two-day programs, you can do three-day, you can do four-day, you can do five-day. But it's gonna, you can do six days, seven days. So the amount of days you're willing, you're able to train, will determine what you're able to do. Because if someone told me they wanted to train full body and they they want to train six times a week, or sorry, they want to train six times a week. I wouldn't necessarily do a full body program with them because six times a week is a lot to do full body. Just like how if someone was only able to do twice a week, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't put them on like an upper, lower, or maybe, but probably not. I wouldn't put them on, say, a body part split. It would probably be full body if they do twice a week. So in terms of strength training, with most of my clients, because they train anywhere from two to four times a week, most of them do full body. And I actually put this out on Instagram. I wrote up a PDF of exactly how I train my clients, the program that we do, the template, basically the template that we do, not not the exact program. But I put this out on Instagram. I wrote out a PDF. Um, If you guys want that, I'm going to put that in the link below. I'll put a downloadable link. I don't really know how to do that. So I'll figure that out. I think. But if you guys want this PDF on how I train my clients with full body strength training programs, shoot me a message. Email me. 
theolim7 at gmail.com or message me on Instagram at theodore.lim. Let me know that you want this PDF and I will send it to you. No problem. No questions asked. So most of my people train full body and I think I've gone through this before in this podcast, but I'm going to run right through it today. So two or three days, we're probably doing full body. First move, we're usually starting with a squat or a hinge variation. Biggest move of the day. Usually I do five sets of five, five sets of six. More recently, we've been doing that. So you start light and you work yourselves up to, usually we get in two, two really good five rep sets as our working sets. So I'll do five sets of five and we'll usually pair this up with some kind of filler. Maybe someone needs to do more thoracic spine mobility. Maybe someone needs to do more mobility for the hips. So we'll do that during the rest periods. So instead of standing around for a minute, we'll we'll do some hip mobility for 45 seconds and then get up and do another set, etc. So you, we're usually starting with a squat or a hinge. Again, it doesn't have to be a barbell squat. For some people, that means it's a goblet squat. For some people, that's a kettlebell deadlift. Some people, it's a Romanian deadlift, trap bar deadlift, straight bar deadlift off the ground. It really doesn't matter. Depends on the person, depends on the goals, depends on what they want to work on. So that's A1 and A2. We superset the main move with some mobility work. B1 and B2, we usually do upper body push-pull. This can take the form of a horizontal pull. It could be vertical pull. Doesn't really matter. I like to do both. We'll go four sets here, anywhere from 6 to 12 plus reps. So four sets, 6 to 12 plus reps. What that means is we'll do one warm-up set, we'll work our way up on the second set, third set, and fourth set. Say, first week of the programming, we, I usually roll in three-week waves, and I'll talk about this a little more. Actually, we'll talk about it now. So, we usually roll in three- to four-week waves, we'll switch up the variations every three to four weeks. So, for example, a lot of my guys are doing ring push-ups right now so push-ups on the rings so that it'll be say four sets of 12 first set body weight warm-up second set we'll add some chains third set maybe we'll stay maybe we'll add more we'll see how they feel that day and then on the last set we'll either stay at the same weight or go up again but i'll get them either to hit the minimum reps which is 12 that week or I'll tell them, if you're feeling good, go for more today. Set that um, rep PR. And we're usually supersetting this with another a, a pulling move. So right now, a lot of my people are doing chest-supported rows. So you're laying with your chest on an inclined bench. You have two dumbbells or kettlebells, and you're just rowing up for our pulling move. Again, same idea, four sets of 12. First set is the warm-up, second, third, fourth is the working, and then the last set we'll rep it out. Or we'll do like a drop set, or we'll do a 50% set, some kind of way to increase the intensity. So that's B1, B2, upper body push, upper body pull. 
then we have C1 and C2. Usually, not always, but usually we'll do single leg work. So if the person squatted in the first move, I'll do single leg hinging movements. Single leg RDL, single leg hip thrust, single leg glute bridges. It doesn't always have to be single leg. Some, some months we'll do more heavy stuff, so barbell Romanian deadlift to complement the squat. Uh, pull-throughs, hip thrust, banded hip thrust, weighted hip thrust. So you guys can see that C1 will complement the first move that you do. So if you start with a hinging variation, the single leg work might be, um, it'll be more quad dominant, knee dominant. So lunges, split squats, offset squats, doesn't really matter. Again, just to complement so you get the full body. And then C2, pairing up with single leg work, we'll usually do core work. No, not usually. We always do core work. Uh, my favorite core variations, I like I like rollouts. Rollouts are a top three. I really like side plank. Side plank variations, not just for the core, but I do see the benefits of the shoulder stability within the side plank. So side plank, we do a lot of carries, suitcase carries, mixed carries, farmer's carries, overhead carries, front rack carries, lots of carries in the game. Uh, we do a lot of pal-off press variations, full kneeling, half kneeling, standing, and hanging leg raises are another one of my favorites. So there's that. So really that's it. A1, squat or hinge, main movement, low reps, high intensity, high weight, um, A2 mobili mobility fil filler that will complement A1. So say we're squatting or deadlifting, we'll do more hip stuff, maybe thoracic spine. Say we're bench pressing, thoracic spine. Um, I've also gotten people to do some foam rolling in between sets. So you have that. And then number three, sorry, not number three. That's A1, A2. B1, B2, upper body push, upper body pull. C1, C2, we have single leg work and core work. And then D. D is, it can be optional. We have, we can do conditioning work. We can do intervals every minute on the minute. We can run the sled. We can do extra core work or extra arm work, extra leg work, depending on the person and what they need. So it's really up to you. Maybe things you haven't done in a while. D, or you can do none of those and just stretch more, do extra mobility. So I like that a lot too. So that's my full body template right there. And in terms of progression, this is how I'm doing it right now with my casual clients. Not casual clients. With my general population clients, which is basically all of my clients. I think this would be the same even for athletes though. Same, same. It's usually the same. So, how to progress. So this is what I do with my clients. And kind of myself now actually. So say we're doing five sets of five on the barbell squat. Let's use the barbell squat. I'll get them to warm up with the bar. I won't count that as a set, but the first set is going to be quarter. 95 pounds for five, super easy. 
We'll go plate for five, super easy. We'll go 175 for five. And now, now I'm starting, now he, they're starting to work. And now I'm really keeping my eye on them, seeing how the weight is moving. So I'll usually put, this is literally what I put on the sheet, 95, 135, 175. And then I'll leave the last two blank because I'm going to see how they're performing that day, how they're feeling that day. And I have the numbers from last week. So say, say last week they did 95, 135, 175, 195, and 215, right? So today, 175 for 5 moved well. Okay, last week you did 195 on this fourth set. Let's push this a little. Let's push the needle a little. Let's go 205 because it's looking good. So they do 205 for 5. Still looks good. Okay, last week you did 215 for 5. Let's do 225 for 5 today. Boom. They do 10 more pounds than last week. And most of the time, we're not really working anywhere near failure. Like, I'll usually want them to be able to do one more rep after it. So, 225 for 5, but this person could have done 6. No problem. So... And then the week after, I'll write on the sheet. Okay, let's push the needle a little. Let's go 95. Let's go 145. Let's go 185 on the third set. And then maybe on the fourth one, if it's moving well, maybe it's not, then we have to do a little less. But that's fine. It doesn't mean you got weaker or anything. You just didn't recover as well from your other sessions. Maybe the food was off. Maybe the sleeping was off. Whatever it was, right? So just because you didn't do more than you did last week doesn't mean you suck. doesn't mean like your program's not working. You have to look at all the other factors surrounding your training, your eating, your sleeping, your stress, all that. So we did 185 for 5 on the third set instead of 175. And then it's moving well. Okay, let's do 215 for our fourth set. And then for the fifth one, we're setting it up for 235. And boom, again, you did more than you did last week. So in that way, that's kind of how I progress right now on the 5x5s, especially with my clients. So that's an easy way. Again, as always, if you're not tracking your workouts, your training sessions, then you don't really know. You know, you could remember what you did last week, but can you really remember what you did two weeks ago or four weeks ago or eight weeks ago? There's no way. Unless you're freaking amazing. So I know some people are gifted with the memory, the numbers. So that's how I would progress on the five by fives. And then now let's talk about the upper body push pull and the single work, single leg work and the core work. I think they're both fairly similar. So let's talk about the push-pull. Say I have someone doing... First week, I'll usually start with higher reps. I'll do 12. 12 reps. Second week, I'll do 10, maybe 8. And third week, I like the 6 or 8 option. I like the 6s or the 8s. So, so say the first week, 4 sets of 12. We're doing push-ups yeah let's do push-ups as the example ring push-ups so first week 
we're just gonna do body weight. 12, 12, 12, and on the last set, if they can, I'll rep. I'll get them to rep it out. So say on the last set, they hit 20. Okay, that's great. That clearly shows me, and it clearly shows them that 12 was a good number, conservative number. They got to practice for three sets, and then they got to go for it on the last set, which is great. Okay, next week, let's do let's do 10s. And because it was so easy, let's add weight. So we're only going to do 10, 10 reps now. So first set, body weight for 10. Second set, let's add 10 pounds for 10. Going to add a 10-pound plate to their back. Okay, still fairly easy. Okay. Let's try 25 pounds for 10. Okay, now they're working. They, like almost didn't get they just got 10 like they could have done one or two more but probably not much after that so 25 pounds for 10 and then they rep out on the last set say they get 11 so this person just did 10 pounds for 10 25 pounds for 10 25 pounds for 11 okay so 25 is pretty tough for 10s we have a couple options here Next week, we could do the same thing. We could do body weight for 10, but this time, let's do 25 pounds for 10 on the second set. Last week, we only did 10 pounds. So immediately, even if the next two sets stay the same as last week, you already did more than last week because of that second set. You did 25 pounds instead of 10 pounds. Third set, you, had, you hit 25 pounds for 10 again, and then last set, Okay, we're going to rep it out. See if you can get 11, because that's what you got last week. But even if you don't, we still did more than last week in total. So they rep it out, and they get 12. That's great. So now you did three sets with 25 pounds. You did 10 reps, 10 reps, and 12 reps. Okay, next week, I really want this person to push the reps on the last set. So here's another thing you can do. So now we're into week three. Let's bring the reps down to eight. And we're just going to stick with 25 pounds. We could go heavier, but we don't have to yet. Let's milk this 25 pounds. So we go body weight for 10, 25 pounds for 8, 25 pounds for 8. And then last set, you might be a bit more fresh because you weren't struggling those last two sets. So now let's rep it out. Boom. The person hits like 15 reps. So in that way, you can see how I'm progressing people. And you're just, you're looking at total work volume and also total reps. So 25 for 10, 25 for 10, 25 for 11 or 12. I think I said 12. That's 32 reps. Now in our other scenario, the person does 25 for 8, 25 for 8, 25 for 15. 31 reps. One less, but still in that ballpark. Next week, I might get them to do 8 again. So they go 8, 8, and then 18. Boom. Now they've made progress. Now, like, the numbers are clearly showing they did more. So now you could bring them down to 6, 6 reps with more weight. That's one option. You could also go back to 12s and go with the same weight. So there's lots of options. I, I really like to play around in that 6 to 15 rep range. So week one, I'll usually start with more reps, just get them used to the movement. Week two, bring the reps down. Let's add a little more weight. Week three, let's definitely add more weight. And then week four, 
go for it or we'll back off. So same with the single leg work, same with the pulling. Core work, I'm not always that concerned about like, with core work, I'm not too concerned if like someone's doing more weight than they did last time or more reps. With the core work, I'm always looking for more quality. Obviously the core is gonna get stronger through the process and they will end up doing more, but it's not something I'm like actively pushing for. So that's how I approach full body strength training and progressing on the full body work. I'm going to leave it right there. I hope this episode was helpful for you guys. I hope you guys got a good laugh at my recent fuck-ups. I hope you got something out of that Smith machine versus free weights. So again, I'm not against the Smith machine. Please feel free to use it. It's a great piece of equipment. Just make sure you know what you're doing when you use it. So we got Smith machine versus free weights. And then lastly, full body training. I just, I just told you guys what I do with all my clients. Um, some people get kind of confused. Like, why are you giving that away for free? Like, aren't people paying you for that? Yeah, they are. But when I give it away for free and I give this to my clients too, say they're no longer going to train with me. I send this PDF to them, like, here's what we do. Here's what you can work off of, because I want you to continue training. Um, but yeah, when I give out info for free, which is what I'm doing on this podcast, what I do through my Instagram posts, honestly, I'm just trying to spread the love. Like, I got in this position that I'm in now because there was a lot of free info out there for me. I took it, I used it, and I applied it. And I learned from it and I've definitely evolved from 10 years ago through a lot of free content. So for me, I just really want to share the knowledge that I have, the experiences that I have so that you guys can, so hopefully it's helping you guys at the end of the day. That's really it, right? And in terms of like people paying me for my services I'm not afraid to give it out for free because number one, most people aren't going to use it anyway. And number two, it's still not the same as actually hiring me because yes, you can, you, it's like, it's like, um, cooking or baking. Yeah. I can follow the recipe and it might turn out pretty good, but if I actually hire like Martha Stewart, and she shows me in person what she really does, or like how she does it. It's not so much the what to do, it's how to do it. So even if someone takes the program that I just gave away, but their technique is subpar, are they really going to progress on it? Probably not. So it's not just what to do, the how is just as important as well. So that's why I'm not afraid to give anything away for free. I'm not weird like that. I know some people are, but I'm not. I really don't care. <laughs> I just want you guys to have the best gym experience you can. I want to share that knowledge. I want to share that experience. So you guys can make gains at the end of the day. As always, thank you guys for listening. If you found this helpful, please share this podcast episode with a friend 
Like that's probably the most helpful thing you guys can do for me. I would truly appreciate that. Drop a review on iTunes. That's super helpful as well. And until next time. Peace.